Blog Talk Radio. The book of Genesis opens with activity. The book of Genesis affirms divine essence before creation. The book of Genesis teaches that existence is derived being. God is before or prior to existence. The book of, Hebrew, uh, the book of Genesis renounces atheism, pantheism, Evolutionism, polytheism, the eternity of mass energy, and also fatalism. The first word in the Hebrew text is the word Elohim. In the English Bible, it reads, quote, in the beginning, God created. However, in the Hebrew text, It begins with the word Elohim, which is a noun with a plural suffix. And so with this very powerful word, the book of Genesis, that is the book of beginnings, opens with the earth in a chaotic mess. Verse 2, we read, now the earth was formless and empty. And darkness, in the Hebrew text, it indicates a darkness that could be felt. Darkness was over the surface of the roaring deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Genesis 1-3 states, And God said, Let there be light. The Hebrew text reads, Light be, light was. And so what we're going to see in Genesis 1 is the continuity or the synchronicity of word and act. We have the, the conjunction and, or and, A and D, which means that there is a sequential order to the text. And so God is doing something wonderful. The Spirit of God was hovering over the Tiham, that is, over the roaring deep. And so it is with this picture that the Bible opens. And this is a wonderful picture for us because we see the creative power of God and how out of chaos he brings order. He bring, he starts with light. And note, this is, be, this is the beginning of electromagnetism, not visible light as we may think of it. And just think of the technologies today that are utilizing the electromagnetic spectrum as created by God and as given by God. This this is the result of who God is and of his word and of his essence. Once again, existence is derived being. 
God is independent of creation, and yet creation is completely dependent upon the, our gracious God. And so it is with this picture that I want to discuss the reality of the Word of God. The Word of God is living and powerful, it should read. The Word of God is living and powerful. So in the Psalms, Psalm 138, verse 1, reads, quote, David states, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, that is before the Elohim, again, we have that word. I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and faithfulness. And so David is praising God because of his truth. That is his reliability, his trustworthiness. And in the Bible, truth, is that which conforms to reality in contrast to what is false. He goes on. Verse 2, once again, I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and for your truth. For you have exalted above all things your name, your sim, and your word your name and your word. Notice what David states, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. And so we see the primacy of the word in the word of God. Now, when we go to John chapter 1, we read about the, the incarnation of the Logos. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so, John chapter 1, verse 1, predates Genesis 1, verse 1. John chapter 1 speaks of the primacy of the Logos, that is, the eternal Word, who is called the Logos. That is, he, is the, he represents the mind and the speech of God. And in John 1, we have the enfleshment or the incarnation of the God-man. God comes to us in human form in the person of Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, we note his impeccable character. He is without sin. He is holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. That is who Jesus is. He is the incarnation of the divine essence. And so David could express with his whole being who God is, and he would bow before the authority of God. David knew that if he allowed the word of God to shape his will, he, that is his life, would be wonderfully blessed. And see, this is what the enemy, this is what the devil uh, does not want believers to understand. The more God's word shapes our will, the more life satisfaction we will have. Because if I seek 
to rest or wrestle my will away from God and to live independent of God. That is, to live a life that is autonomous of the divine will. I'm not going to have a wonderful life satisfaction that only God gives to those who love him. Now, believers who follow the word may experience trials and tribulations. That is the common legacy of all human beings. We all face difficulties and trials and temptations. But the believer has something else. He has the parakletos, the one who comes alongside and he stands with us. He, that is, uh, he stands beside us, and he, and he is the strong one of authority. So if you are tempted to give up, if you are tempted to hang your head down and to lower your shoulders, I want to encourage you in the word. I want you to take the word of God into your lives and drink deep of the word. I want you to metabolize the word through studying the word. Reading the word is wonderful. Metabolizing the word is essential because it is then that we begin to experience the living power of the word. It is only as we allow ourselves to study the word and to metabolize the word that we begin to experience what the Bible calls and what Paul calls the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Think about this. Think about what Isaiah wrote about Jesus, that his beard was plucked out. Think about what Isaiah said when he wrote that his visage or his face was marred beyond human recognition. Think about what Isaiah wrote when he talked about the cat of nine tails that opened the back of our Savior. Think about what Isaiah wrote when he talked about the terrible psychological pressure, the terrible blasphemy that the Savior suffered. Now, Jesus is the living truth. He had done no sin. He had wronged no one. He had only healed and spoke about the wonderful realities of the kingdom of God. And yet, Isaiah wrote that he did not open his mouth. He did not utter any sin. Think about the person of Jesus. It is through the word, it is through Jesus that we see what God has provided for us. Remember, Jesus was filled with the Spirit. You and I must be filled with the Spirit in this life. The enemy has identified us. Though we may think we're anonymous, you are not anonymous. You have been born again. The devil's children, that is his emissaries and his tools, know that you are different. They know that you no longer belong to the kingdom of the devil. So you are going to face undeserved suffering as a believer. But you know that the suffering you face is not because of any sin in your life, but because of who you are and because of whose you are. You belong to Jesus Christ. And the enemy knows this. So, believer, please understand that you are not anonymous. The enemy knows 
that you are a foreigner in his territory because you and I sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Our Kolatuma, our home is not here. We have been born in me. We have been born again. That wonderful hiatus has occurred in our life through the power of the Spirit. Now, when we go to the book of Hebrews, and the writer to the Hebrews speaks about the, the, the power of the word of God in our lives and what God uh, does for us through his word, it, it is amazing. He writes uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, we read, for the word of God is living and active. That is, that it speaks of its operational power, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That is, the word of God cuts very deep. The word of God penetrates and benefits us. Please understand that. The word of God stabilizes us and keeps us balanced. The word keeps on penetrating so that it may keep on benefiting us. Love it. Don't let anyone seduce you into not following God. Don't let any book, don't let anyone that you admire who has fallen, don't look at those things. Keep your eyes, keep your gaze upon the Savior only. Yes, the circumstances of life, if you begin to look at the circumstances of life, you will get off balance. But I'm saying, keep your eyes on Jesus. Look only to him. And you will find that the things of earth will grow strangely dim and the light of his glory and grace. One of my oldest one of my oldest daughters used to sing that song and her mom used to sing that with her. And I love that song to this day. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Stay fixed on Jesus and allow his word to keep on penetrating and keep on benefiting your life. Good afternoon. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich and God bless you. <laughs>